check, check, mic check. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mattis. Yeah, welcome everybody. It's the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. It's 12 noon, April 26th, Salt Lake City, this weekend, round 16, Monster Energy AMA Supercross Series, one more to go after this, just Vegas, we should see a championship clinch this weekend, I think, Jason Anderson taking home his first 450 Supercross crown, good for him, good for the team too, really coming on over the years, Bobby Hewitt's squad there, remember when they were Cowies? And amateurs, and then they were Suzuki's, and they were KTM. Now they're Husky. Yeah, congratulations to those guys. I mean, it hasn't happened yet, but it's looking good. And it's looking good for Zach Osborne also on the same team to take home another 250 Supercross title. For them, uh, Aaron Plessinger is back this weekend as the series switches to the West. He's got 17 points on Adam Cincerillo with two races left. So, yeah, there's plenty to talk about. 702-586-7857, Fly Racing Motor 60 Show. Presented by Pro Taper, Get, and Maxis Tires. Jason Thomas will join us. Grant Langston will be on. The legendary Grant Langston will be on. I wonder what his feelings are about that Marvin pass last weekend. I'm guessing he's totally fine with it. But we'll get to the bottom of that and much more. Again, give us a call. We're going to give away some stuff too. Fly uh, Racing, Toxin, Resin, Helmet, uh, giving that away on the show today to a lucky caller. You want to talk Foxborough? You want to talk Salt Lake? You want to talk Vegas? Heck, you want to talk some nationals? Go ahead. Give us a call. We've got a few lines open still. And I'd uh, love to hear you what you guys think about the pass, about Salt Lake, about Anderson clinching, and uh, and whatever else is on your mind. Please give us a call. Uh, flyracing.com. Check them out on the web, everybody. Blake Baggett, Weston Pike, Seven Deuce Deuce, Zach Osborne, all running fly racing, among others. Flyracing.com, the best gear out there, bro. Justin Brayton as well, of course. And uh, 2018 and a half Kinetic Mesh is out now. Brayton won it, wore it and won at Daytona. And uh, please check them out. Check out the colors. And uh, great guys, great company. And like, like, they make much more than gear also. Like we gave away a stand. We gave away a lever set last weekend on this very show. So there's lots to uh, to talk about when it comes to fly racing and lots for you guys to take a look at. Also, to get uh, Justin Barsha, Cooper Webb, and this weekend with Webb out, Josh Hill is back. They use Get. It's a little orange box on the front fender. It's a works part for your production machine. Uh, one of some of the biggest gains you can make to motorcycles is in the ignition department, and Get can make you happen with their ECUs. If you run a two-stroke, they can't keep those ECUs in stock right now for two strokes. The technology that made Get Riders World Champions is finally available on the market, so uh, Monster Yamaha uses it. Also, two Maxxis tires, Jeremy McGrath. He's uh, developing a new tire, the MXST, that's coming out real soon. 
You know that Maxxis delivers the best tires for your bike. But did you know that Maxxis offers high-quality tires for your car, light truck, trailer, ATV, mountain bike? Tits Legendary has a set of Maxxis tires on his mountain bike. I imagine that's where he is right now, just ripping up trails with Maxxis. Also, too, Pro Taper, Rockstar Husky, uh, Geico Honda, JGR Suzuki, all using uh, Pro Taper products, the Fusion Bar, the one-third waffle grip, the Twister throttle tube. few examples of how Pro Taper continues to push the limits and reinvent the way you all experience riding the motorcycles. Premium control and drive components from the folks at Pro Taper and Anderson's... Uh, Uses Pro Taper and he's going to clinch his title. That's not a coincidence, everybody. So, as I said, 702 586 7857. I'm Steve Mathis, Jason Thomas, Grant Langston on board, taking your calls in the corner there, holding things down. Once again, back for the vacationing tits legendary. It's Travis Marks. What's up, Marks? How are you? I want to live that guy's life. Yeah, me too. It's fantastic. Family run business, does whatever he wants, comes and goes. Man. Takes off on a cruise. He's on a cruise, right? Yeah. Where's he going? Heck if I know. East St. Louis? <laughs> yeah, probably. We're cruising East St. Louis. He really likes that place. Back to his roots. Yep. Uh, so thank you for coming in. Appreciate yep. it. Thanks for uh, having me. Let's get JT on the line if we can, and we'll get to your phone calls also, too. Uh, let's start with Joe. Joe, what's up, man? You want to talk about John Gallagher? Yeah, I, I guess my question is, is Anderson going to get penalized for uh, his comment about Gallagher? I mean, he got a really good rise out of it in the uh, – press conference i thought maybe yeah. he would get a crack back or something would happen to him nothing's gonna happen but if i'm john gallagher i'm not feeling awesome about that right you agree yeah I, yeah yeah i yeah. i agree i'd be upset as well how about uh Muskan for skipping the post-race interview uh, any possible fines or anyone in trouble for any of this? Um, no, no, no. Nobody will be. Uh, nobody will be. Uh, you know, in trouble or anything like that. It's. It's just one of those things, man. I. I. I mean, Marvin should have talked, and probably to be honest, uh, I don't know if uh, Jason Anderson probably shouldn't have uh, have said that about the head uh, one of the head referees. You know, but if that's the way he feels, that's the way he feels, right? I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, if I'm Gallagher, I'm not loving the fact that everybody started laughing. Could no. we see the black flag get waved <laughs> again this time no. at Anderson? No, definitely not. The, actually, the, the penalty and the officiating process at Supercross has changed. And part of it was to take uh, some of the responsibility out of John's hands. There's an AMA person now that, uh, that's on board at every race, and John's there. And there's more discussing. It's like a three-man panel of people. I forget who the third guy is. But John's not making the ultimate call like he used to. You don't see him just grabbing the black flag and running out there and waving it at him? No. That would be epic. That would be epic. I would love that, by the way. But I, I do not see that, no. But, uh, no, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Uh, Jason Thomas, Fly Racing. What's up, man? How are you? What's going on? Do you think John Gallagher black flags Anderson for those comments he made in the press conference? Uh, no, but I bet he's pissed. Right? I would be. Yeah. Wouldn't you? I would be, but I honestly and firmly believe that he's earned comments like that. I know. I don't totally side with you on that. I don't totally side with, but I'm, I am in the minority. I, I accept that. Uh, there's a lot of people in the pits that did not like John's calls or John personally over the years. Well, I don't think he should be fired. I, I, yeah. I definitely don't think that. So let's, before we get carried away, uh-huh. um, but you know, I've done things where I get made fun of. Um, anytime you make a mistake in the public eye, 
you've basically opened the door for people to laugh and, you know, uh, basically, you know, laugh at your expense. So, you know, the black flag was the one that jumps out at me all the time because I think it was one of the worst um, you yes. know, snap decisions I've ever seen. Yep. I really think that was a poor decision. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that joke's never going away, in my opinion. When I say I'm in the minority, uh, not on that issue. That was a, unri- that was a ridiculous uh, a ridiculous uh, black flag for Chad. Yeah, and I think John's – I think he's improved. I really do. I, but I think it was a learning process for him, and I don't know that I could do any better than he does. But at the same time, when you're in a position with that much authority and you make a rash decision based on emotion when you haven't even really seen all of the footage yet or do anything and you affect someone's whole season, you know, luckily for Chad, he wasn't really in the mix that year, so to speak. But it could have been, uh, you know, if what if that was Jason Anderson this weekend? And, and John, in that, you know, two or three year ago time span, made a, a horrible decision again. You know, that's just one of the things yeah. you are like, man, you can't do stuff yeah. like that. And I, I think he learned from it. I've said over and over, as far as our, our officiating is concerned, I mean, the fact that John had a full-time job and did this on the weekends, it was ridiculous. It's a multi-million dollar sport. Multi-million dollars on the line. For the teams and the racers, John should be at work all week, uh, talking to teams, talking to riders, looking at footage, uh, looking at ways ways to improve things. Whatever it is, that should be a, a full time job. I, I don't. I I can't disagree with that. But we we know <laughs> kind of know how this stuff works, right? It's, it's yeah. there's a lot of things that should be you know maybe done differently, but. Uh, in the end, we're just not as, as big as we think we are. We're just not that big of a sport. Nope, you're right. Uh, yeah, I try to tell people that too. Uh, all right, let's get into this. So, Anderson fourth or better if Marvin wins. That's if Marvin wins. Eli Tomac's probably the fastest rider on the track uh, from given weekend to weekend. So, I like Anderson to take the crown. You? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's basically a done deal as long as Anderson rounds the first lap yep. you know without a big incident uh just if, if this was Anaheim one and it was this same scenario and obviously I know that's impossible but Anaheim one's field I would say yeah maybe there's a chance yeah. we go into Vegas but man the last weekend really drove it home how I you know depleted the field is and, and on top of that I just think everyone's kind of going through the motions mm-hmm. um you know Hangtown looms large for a lot of these guys and I just don't think, for a lot of them, their heart's in it to take big risks or big chances right now. So, for me, with Anderson's talent and his ability and the momentum he's got and the way the field is as far as everyone's pretty complacent, uh, I think it's going to be really easy for him. Look, it's impossible to predict the future. We know this. Um, is this is this title for Anderson? Like, this could go one or two ways. Yeah, Chad... McGrath, a couple of guys that clinched Supercross titles before winning anything outdoors, and uh, and so they're kind of in the same boat as Anderson, and they mm-hmm. became legends, right? Now, I'm not saying that for Anderson, but I wonder if this title that he wins either sets him up to be a real player indoors and out the rest of his career. It's his fourth season of outdoors, so he's in his prime, fourth season of 450s, I should say, or third. Fourth, I think. Um, fourth or third? Big uh, we'll, bikes? We'll look into, yeah, 450s. Four uh, I think it would be fourth. Yeah, I think so. Anyways, so, you know, like Chad and like Jeremy, and, and one title gets some confidence, gets them in the groove. They kind of know what to do. And, and Jeremy and Chad went on to win outdoor titles. You know, that wasn't their specialty. And same thing, I think, applies to Anderson. Or is this a one-off? Injuries helped him, didn't give it to him, helped him. 
win this title, and we'll see Roxon, and we'll see Eli, and we'll see even Marv, uh, you know, kind of assert themselves into the mix with Anderson. Uh, which way do you think this goes? Uh, to me, Anderson's great. He's a really good rider, but I think he is very equal as far as you look at Marv, you look at Eli, you look at Roxon. Um, I think he j- he's one of those guys, and to me, you know, he won this title and he, he's earned this title. I definitely would never want to take anything away from him, but I don't think we're going to see him go on any sort of run here. Um, to me, the yeah. only guy that would be capable of pulling something like that off as far as a speed would, would be Eli. Right. And, and I just don't think whatever is missing, I don't know what it is, mental. You know, we've, we've spent hours and hours talking about what happens with Eli in some of these races. He's the only one to me that I, could, that I see that could go on to the next level and, and win several titles in a row. Um, you know, both indoor and out. But I, whatever is missing from him, I think is going to hold him back from even that. So over the next few years, I think you're just going to see guys bounce around. Um, I think Eli will win his fair share, but I think Kenny has a chance to get back in there and win. Marvin's going to win something here along the way, uh, maybe even this summer. Um, and Anderson could sneak in another one as well, you know. but I don't see anybody running away with multiple titles in a row. And I think at this point with Roxon, um, I would have put him on a, on a path to an all-timer. Uh, I think he comes back and he gets strong, but I don't know if Kenny can get back to being an all-timer. He might just be in that mix. Yeah, and if you, you take away the, the big arm injury, the first one, yeah, he was well on his way. Uh, I, I think, you know, Dungy saw the writing on the wall. They were going to have an epic battle that season, I think, too. But we already saw Dungy was – he was already hedging his bets um, and, and, you know, had yeah. one more season in him at that point. So when you look at it past that, you know, that was in the midst of turmoil for Eli. So if Kenny goes on a run and is just dominating, what, where does Eli go from, from there? Because yeah. he was having all kinds of problems at that point in time. So I don't know. I would agree with you. Kenny was the the guy that was going to, you know, be ready to take over the reins from Dunge. And now that his whole situation's flipped, yeah. you know, he would probably argue with you and say nothing's changed. Oh, he's, he would 100%. He would fight us. Yeah. He might fight but us. I think, <laughs> right, right. But, you know, uh, an objective opinion would say there's a lot of guys in here that I think are going to split the titles over the next five years. Yeah. And I still, I'm holding out hope for Webb a little bit, man. You just don't win two 250s and an outdoor you know, and, and you look at the past guys that have done that, they don't just become guys. They become a guy. So I'm holding out hope. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you, but he's going to have to show me more than I've seen so far. I, I haven't seen anything on the 450 yet to be like, yep, yep. there's the there he is. Yep. You just got to find that every weekend. I mean, it's, it's really been a struggle for the last year and a half. But, but like I said, JT, go through and find guys who have done what he did. You know, um, no, I don't disagree for yeah. sure. It's just weird that you wouldn't see. I mean, I guess we've seen flashes here and there, but yeah. even in his flashes, he yeah. wasn't the best guy. The, he was just a podium guy. Yeah. The the last guy to kind of do what he did and then not become a guy is Ivan Tedesco. He uh, Tedesco's a case that you could point at and be like, okay, that's that's Webb back in the day. Uh, two two fifty Supercross titles and a national title, but. Ivan was nowhere near as dominant outdoors as Cooper was in his title year. But, right. but, but he's got the stats where you're like, okay, Ivan never became, certainly had some good rides. He made podiums. You know, he made a lot of money. Uh, but he never became a guy. Just, just a guy. So I'm still just waiting for that ride from Cooper to where, you know, I just mentioned it, but 
even in his best days, you go back to Oakland last year, and you go back to these weekends where he got on the podium, and he was great, but you're, he was nothing like Eli was that day, you know, and that's, we're just like, dang, man, your best days, the one you're going to point to for your potential, you still were nowhere close to winning. Yeah. You know, there were just guys that were simply better than you, so... I I realize what you're saying on the on the stat sheet, but you know maybe you know maybe the new bike was a help this year and he just didn't get enough time on it, or maybe there's a team change in his future or something. Mm-hmm. But um, you're right, the stats don't lie, and, and he's supposed to be the guy that's in the battle for these titles over the yeah. next few years. And it is Anderson's fourth year. Thanks, Marks, for that. Uh, let's get to some phone calls here. First up is uh, John. John, what's up? What's going on? Um, so what? Everybody's in love with these triple crown races. What if Seattle was a triple crown? Oh boy! Extensive amount of mud. Yeah, no, absolutely. I had people ask me that question. I just did a story on Racer X about what the managers thought of triple crowns, and one of them said to me, "What if Seattle was?" And I'm like, "Yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, you know, one was in Anaheim, which was pretty safe to not be a mudder. Uh, yeah, and then two were in domes. So yeah, I was going to say, I think they planned for that a little bit." Um, Anaheim could have bit them. You know, we've I don't I don't know that we've had any muddy Anaheim twos. I can't remember. We've had certainly Anaheim ones, but uh, the other two I think were strategically placed to avoid that. So there yeah. we go. Yeah. So if that's going to be their seventeen race format that you are, well, I don't think it's going to be their oh, seventeen. I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't think it's going to be their seventeen. But we, you know, JT, I think one of us had said, yeah, make them all seventeen. But I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I would. I don't. I think it's really practical for honestly the mud reason is a great you know any any team manager would be like that's impossible what if we had mud the whole race would be screwed uh, but to see that yeah, because they can't even six, go with a 20 lap race and uh right. yeah, race yeah absolutely 100 percent right yep. you're 100 percent right on that uh, but to see them go from three to six and strategically play six of them i yep. could see that happening for 2019 sure thanks for the call man no. appreciate it right. thank you uh let's go to brock brock what's up man how are you hey not too bad how are you guys doing good what's going on what's up, man Hey, I was calling to say uh, I'm stoked for Jake to come back this weekend, Jake Weimer. Yeah. Um, he's a Utah boy. Well, Idaho, I guess you would say. He's but Idaho. Yeah. Local come on, he's Idaho. Yeah, Stop. but um, grew up around him, and, uh, dude, i just stoked to see him. I haven't seen a whole lot of him lately uh, just because he's been hurt, but I'm well, stoked to see him back. Yeah, I actually have him on my notes here to talk to JT about, so let's get into that. Jake Weimer makes his return. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about this on the Pulp Fantasy podcast, of course, for the Pulp MX Fantasy League. Uh, this uh-huh. is going to be a big deal for, for Jake for coming back. But, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, I know you're a fan, um, uh, Brock, but before he got hurt, and I'm a fan too, I, I love the guy, but he hadn't shown much. It's been rough. Oh, yeah, totally, 100%, 100% agree. Um, you know, he was a past champion, which is kind of shocking that he's where he's at right now. Um, I would, you know, usually we expect a little more from people who have won those races, but, you know. um, JT, what do you think of for Weimer this weekend? What's your outlook, uh, coming back after a long, long time off? Well, you know, anytime you come back from injury, it's always difficult. You're, you're jumping into a series where these guys have tons of momentum and it's just another weekend and they're just kind of going through the motions, which can be good and bad. They're going through motions. Um, as far as their energy level, maybe a little bit low, but they're so in tune with everything, and they just their speeds are really high right now to come off the bench and jump into. Um, so I think that'll be difficult. But at the same time, man, if he if he's got the speed sorted out, and, and I have no idea how much he's ridden, but <laughs> to be honest, these guys aren't gonna fight him all that hard <laughs> at this point in the season, and that's sad to say. But um, just the lack of like there's no way you're ever passing me type guys or there's not a lot of those guys left 
Um, the injury oh. factor is huge. Uh, so I think it's going to be pretty easy for him to get in the main, which is a godsend for him coming back. Uh, and then if he can, if he just rides hard and doesn't, you know, if, if he puts the energy level of like an Anaheim one into Salt Lake City for 21 minutes, he'll come out with a good finish just because that's where everybody's at, at um, round 16. Brock, uh, who beats who? Josh Hill or Weimer this weekend? Uh, Weimer all the way. <laughs> well, JT, uh, what do you think? Well, actually, uh, okay. Josh Hill. Josh Hill. Josh beats him. Okay. I thought I thought I thought you meant Josh Hansen. No, oh, uh, Josh yeah. Hill. Uh, Josh Hill all the way, man. He is just ridiculous on a bike, and I, I'm excited to see him just because we didn't really get to see his full potential in Seattle. Yeah. Um, and so if he's coming back this weekend. I'm pretty stoked for that. Uh, JT, uh, Weimer or Hill? Who you got in the in the main? I'll go Weimer <laughs> just because 21 minutes is a long time. And I, I don't think true. Hill is is 100% ready for 21 minutes. All right. All Hill, right bro. Hill has been partying for sure. So. <laughs> Thanks, Brock. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Yeah, no problem. Have a good one. See no you. problem. Thank you. Uh, Aaron, you have a question about JT's VIP program? I do. I just wanted to get some uh, information on it and see like, if it was going to be any different from the Supercross. Uh, for outdoors, yeah, it's a little different. You know, um, they're you know, it's just a completely different venue, and there's not, not a press box and things like that. But um, you know, the things about the outdoors that change can also be viewed better. You know, we have trackside viewing, so you're literally right next to the track um, versus a press box. You know, some of the press boxes are really high up, and you can't see all that well from there. And there's no sound because they want people to be able to actually do their jobs with the media in there. Um, but yeah, you're, you're outside and you're dealing with weather and heat and all that stuff too. So there's give and take there. Uh, but we have, you know, uh, live timing and live, uh, the television, you know, the racing on the TV too. So you can see the racing when it's not close to you. Um, all the team stuff is the same, you know, see the truck and be around the riders and they're getting ready and all that stuff is, is still all the same. Um, but I, I think both of them are really, really strong packages right now. Uh, you know, the big difference is just which do you prefer? Do you want a really clean environment in the city that's really convenient, or do you are you more a core motocross guy that wants to be right in the middle of the action? Because that's that's kind of what the the outdoor package is is steered around. All right, Maybe. yeah, yeah. The, 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 and you don't have to give a price or anything, but is it the same price? We're more outdoor people anyway, so we would be no. more excited with the outdoor stuff. Yeah, outdoors is definitely more, um, you know, affordable, I would say. Uh, but that's just based on what we have or what, you know, the, our costs are associated in that, too. So um, for us, you know, Supercross, it's a it's an expensive program to run for us, you know. And you look at our program or the other programs out there, you know, Chad had one this year, and they're not cheap. So, And that's just a reflection of what it costs for us to operate, no different than buying a really expensive car. They, they cost a lot to buy. Uh, where so. can he contact you, JT? Uh, just email me. That's the easiest way. Anything you do or go onto websites or anything is going to redirect to me anyway. Um, it's just jason36 at AOL.com. So it's easy. There you go, way. man. Yeah, send him an email. Cool deal. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Shad, what's up? You want to talk about Brock Tickle's replacement? Yeah. Yeah, I do. How you doing? Good. Uh, I haven't heard anything, man. Uh, somebody said that there was Roger was going to do it, and maybe it was be Phil. I, I haven't heard anything though. I mean, you got to remember last year they went with just Marv. They were fine with just Marv. They didn't put anybody on. So what do you think? Well, JT? yeah, but didn't they have two riders at first or something? I mean, uh, what do you think, JT? I think they go with Marv. I think they have a title contender that you know that was Brock's great, but I 
all along, you and I both know they planned on Marvin contending for a title along the way here, and that was where all the focus was, and that's how I, that's how Roger works anyway, to be honest with you. He's yeah. got his guy, and that's who he's worried about. So unless there's some contractual thing with Red Bull to say that they need more than one guy, I would be surprised if they have more than one. All right, Chad, anything okay. else? Yeah, here's another question on top of that. So what if Marv gets hurt? I mean, who, who, you know, they have to have a you know contingency plan, backup plan, whatever. Mm, so they'll find somebody. Think? They'll find somebody just like what Yamaha's been going through. Yeah, but I, I just don't think uh, there's anybody that they're excited about going out to get. That's your main problem. If you had if you had somebody great that was top ten capable or even better that was ready to rip and they could start testing with, maybe they looked at it. But I, I don't see anybody that jumps off the page at me with those credentials and, right now. And Marv is pretty steady. I mean, obviously anybody can get hurt at any time, but Marv's. Marv's pretty good that way. Yeah. You know, he's not a huge yeah, risk I, for, for getting hurt. So, uh-huh. um, Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. I'd like to see Phil get that chance. I've been talking to Phil. It would be but, cool, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But you, you know how it goes. They've got their top fight guy, yeah. which is where all the focus goes anyway. Yep. So they're probably like, huh, well, this just makes our job easier anyway. Yeah. Let's just worry about him. Yep, absolutely. Um, and, and you know what? If it was super cross, they might find somebody a little quicker. You know, That's nationals. probably true, they're, unfortunately. Uh, Trey, what's up, man? How's it, how's it going? What's your question? Oh, what's going on, guys? Uh, yeah, it's kind of off the wall, but uh, kind of curious on what uh, Top Jimmy's got going on for the summer. See, so he's got uh, his uh, sickos deal or whatever uh, that yeah, is. Yeah, you know what? I haven't talked to Jimmy. I probably need to reach out and see what he's up and put him on the show. He's a friend of us of our show and and everything. I, I honestly haven't haven't seen. I haven't heard. I, JT, anything? Any news on Jimmy? No, other than just social media. Looks like he's keeping busy, but I have no idea what he's got going on. He's he's definitely uh, expanding his horizons on <laughs> what his career is capable of. That's for sure. Yeah, Jimmy's a hustler too. Like he'll he he'll is. figure something out, and he'll yeah. you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no yeah, no idea, man. Something uh, a while back. Uh, he's I think he's trying to get a get a can or something from some company that rhymes with uh, Smith and Smith. I think he was having uh, too much luck with something. So. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't know uh, if he was going to line up again with the boys this summer or what. Yeah, I hope so, man. I hope so. Uh, thanks for the call. But, uh, Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Kyle, what's up, man? You want to talk about Mookie? Uh, am I on? Yeah, what's up, bro? Oh, my bad. Um, What's the uh, chance of Mookie getting the KTM fill-in spot? Uh, zero. Point zero or JT? Would you would you give it a a point one? No, I'm gonna go zero. Okay, zero point zero, Kyle. Okay, uh, all right, fair yeah. enough. Um, I have one more uh, sure. one more thing to point out. Um, in the Moto Fantasy show, did Paul Parabinos refer to Jess Pettis as she? Uh, yeah, JT and him they they think it's really funny. That I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> they they both think that it's a girl's name, which it kind of is, but his name's Jesse. But it's totally disrespectful. But these guys think it's funny, so uh, awesome. that's that's where we're at on that. It really makes. Sense. Alrighty, thank, thank, thank you, man. You guys, Appreciate you it. Great- yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. Why? Uh, Why are you so uptight about it? I don't it? like it. It's just disrespectful to a guy. It's not it's just, disrespectful. Yes, I don't even know what he looks like. It doesn't matter. Joke. You don't know what he looks like. It's disrespectful. It's a joke. Daniel, oh, what's God. up? You want to talk about Jason Anderson? Yeah, I just you guys had mentioned in a couple other shows that there's probably no chance that Anderson's backing it down. And I was just curious, did somebody finally convince him to back it down and just send it in and get the championship? Or did uh, 
is Tomac and Muskin really that much faster than yeah. after last week? Boy, this weekend really surprised me. I mean, not that Anderson got third, but JT, I was very surprised at the, the, the how much they pulled him. I, I know Anderson, you know, he's got this title in the mind, but God, they were so far in front. Yeah, but I think it was the track. I think the track was really tricky and really like you could make a big mistake or crash or you had to take chances really to go fast. And I think that was really it more than anything was Anderson's like, man, this track's not good. I'm not enjoying this, so I'm just going to cruise. And luckily for him, he's so damn good that cruising meant third place. Uh, Where the other two, they were going for it. And I don't think Anderson had wanted any part of taking that many chances. But to, to your point, JT, it was scary watching him at Seattle because he was just sending it in the mud. I was yeah. nervous just watching it on TV. <laughs> and then we go to, a, you know, not the greatest track in the world, still really ruddy, and it just seemed like he wasn't even about it. Yeah, you know what, though, with mud, I, I, I agree with you. I was a bit surprised, too, but with mud, man, if you crash, you just fall over. You know, the the speed is right. so slow. And even if you're going for it, you're going half or a quarter of the speed as normal Supercross almost. So I don't think it would, it scared him like a big crash would have in Foxborough. I just think he, he – and you got to remember the, the pressure is mounting with each weekend, you know. He went into Seattle with five rounds to go, and he's like, I, gotta, I still got to do this. Like, I got I to gotta get some points on the board. Where last weekend, he – Got on the, he got the start. He was up front early, which was good for him. And then he kind of probably assessed the situation after a few minutes. It's like, I'm in third. I'm pulling away from Blake. And if I don't do anything stupid here, I'm going to have a really easy Salt Lake and wrap this title up. So I, I think all those things start going through your mind more and more and more as the, the title re, you know winds down. Cool. Thanks, uh, guys. Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate the call, man. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's. Um, I think as it gets closer to, like you said, it, it comes more to mind. All right, JT, so do we see any Eli on Mar violence this Saturday night? I think he's going to try, but um, if, if, you know, if Eli gets the whole shot, it's over. And if Eli starts ahead of Marv, it's over. But, I th- you know, if Marvin gets ahead of him, I think Marvin's going to be so on red alert for any move that if, he, if yeah. Eli's even on the inside, he's just going to pull over. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I think that's going to be the case. And if, if Marvin can run away from him, so yeah. be it. But if he can't, he's going to give him no chance to really hit him hard. I made a joke about Marvin jumping into the net on purpose. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And I don't disagree with you. I, I think you're on the side. I just think he's like, you know what? He, this guy's going to try to kill me. <laughs> so if he's going to do that, I'm just going to move over. Here you go, bud. Um, so uh, Aaron Plessinger, 17 up on AC. Uh, Savachi was pretty close. Had a poor Seattle uh, the last time we saw these guys. So he's AP 17 up um, with two races to go. I like the odds for Aaron Plessinger. Uh, Adam may win. Savachi may be there. But, um, yeah, AP looking good, JT. He is. You know, he's got to avoid that big mistake. And he, he crashed out of this race last year. You know, he was winning and threw it away. Uh, and, I, you know, he's a year older, year more experienced. But, you know, we can't forget that's been his M.O. is he's always had one or two bad races. And, you know, we argued with uh, about him, uh, AP and Amart last year. You And you were just saying, you know, Amart is going to be more steady and, and better over 12 rounds. Well, the reason you were saying that is because Plessinger had always had a bad round or big mistakes or DNFs or something had always bit him. 
so he's got two rounds to kind of wrong that right that he's always had happen to him. Uh, he just got to keep that in mind the whole time. Is like 17 points. I don't have to win. I don't have to do anything crazy. If these guys are going to go nuts and and you know push me past where I'm comfortable, that's fine. I have plenty of cushion to allow that to happen. I can't believe 92 hasn't won a race yet. <laughs> I can't crazy, believe it. right? Yeah, maybe this weekend. Um, yeah, I mean, to be, and I'll, I will say this again, I arguably think he's the fastest guy. I know they're never going to get everyone to agree with that, but if you have to tell me, pick one guy, and he's got to get the fastest lap time today, I'll take AC every single time in the 250, especially 250 West. Right. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. It'll be it'll be interesting to see um, what happens. Uh, and, you know, um, Justin Hill could just take off with this thing, too, this weekend, like for a race win. You know, just, is he healthy, yeah. like fully healthy and ready? Uh, I think so, as far as I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you uh, you've raced this thing, this race, a few times? Does altitude matter at this one? It's not that high, but it is high. Uh, for for my cardio, no, I never I never really noticed it never on noticed. a cardio level. Okay. Uh, maybe in the first practice, I was like, man, I'm breathing hard. Right. But but then after that, I didn't really notice. Um, the bike, it definitely is noticeable, though. Yeah. You know the full factory 450s. They're so advanced now, and the and you know the, EFI the guys that are controlling well, EFI are really yeah, good yeah. with fuel maps. And I mean, I can remember 2011 and 2012, uh, especially 2011. They were you know they basically rebuilt an engine for Chad. They upped the compression and they did all this stuff. And uh, fortunately, he didn't even have to use it. That was the first round he got his uh, full factory Honda at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the bikes have evolved so much now, um, especially the 450s. They really won't notice a huge difference, but still with the 250s, they will. The bikes yep. are, are really slow compared to the sea level. The battle for top fly racing rider and Supercross is on right now. Brayton and Baggett for fourth overall. Does anybody care? I think they do. Um, I think they, you know, they get bonuses for series positions and. I you know I don't know how much they personally care, but I know like Burner every race as soon as the race is over is in there calculating points and they're all talking about it. So yeah, okay, so uh, it matters. It, it matters somewhat. Well, years ago I tried to get Weimer and Short hype for their battle for fifth overall in the nationals, yep. and neither guy could seem to give a shit. I was, <laughs> yeah, you know. I think when it comes down to four, five, six stuff like that, it only matters if there's money on the line. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, they're just like ah, whatever. Uh, Fly Racing uh, Moto Sixty Show uh, presented by Get Pro Taper. And, of course, the Maxis Tires guys. Let's knock off a few more calls and then get Grant Langston on here. Uh, First up is Andrew. Andrew, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I got a question about Enzo Lopes getting signed to JGR this week. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about his career, uh, and I was a little shocked that they didn't take Phil instead. I know Phil's more of a 450 guy, but what do you guys think about it? There's so much Phil drama going on right now with i don't know why they don't want phil <laughs> they don't really told me why they don't want phil phil may be on bogle's bike for a little bit um nobody really knows but lopes is a is a good rider he's not he wasn't i thought he was on track to be a a tld red bull uh ktm kid although he wore fox but i was told he wasn't in the same program that mitchell fault kid is um so he was able to go to jgr i was a little surprised that ATM let him go, but I guess he wasn't thought of as that highly ranked. Um, but he's got good style. I've seen him ride a few times. He's got really good style. Uh, he follows me on Twitter, so there's that. Um, what do you think, JT? Yeah, I don't know much about him either. I've seen him race a few times. Um, yeah, you know, I watched him race Loretta's on you know the live streaming, but uh, I don't know him personally or anything. But uh, if he's true to these. 
uh, amateur kids for him. He's going to have a lot of speed, and he'll come out swinging right away. You know, that's yeah. that's what these guys do really well is they come into Hangtown really prepared to go fast. I think you'll see Phil on Bogle's bike, to be honest. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be cool to see him on a 450 outdoors again. Yeah. Maybe put up some results for the guys. Yeah. Bogle, uh, but, that, but that's only five rounds or something until Bogle's back, you know? Yeah, yeah, that'd be a bummer. I was, I was just really shocked because Lopes, like you said, he's a KTM guy. Mm-hmm. Not really part of the army or anything. Yeah, it's kind of less filled, honestly, for me. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think it was, I think it was that way for a lot of people. So, thanks for the call, man. Right on, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, let's get to some more calls here, Greg. Greg, you want to talk about Marvin? Greg. Hey. You want to talk about Marvin? Yeah, yeah. Oh, first of all, let me tell you, Steve, I love your shows. I discovered you back in twelve. Thank you. And I went back and listened to every single one of them. And oh, boy. I, 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 I just love them. Thank you. And I appreciate too. it. Yeah, I like the combo of you and JT. Uh, the best. Uh, JT but, sucks, but anyways, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to talk about what I think is the douchiness of, of Marv. I mean, cross-jumping on Cooper. He's notorious for cross-jumping. He did that takeout move. I can't. You know what? I would have done the same thing. But like you said, you were spot on. Own it. Don't be such a douche and make all these excuses and try and be the the, the, the friendly guy everybody likes. And what's with his wife? We lost you, Greg. We lost you. But what do you think about some of that, JT? I mean, I would argue if you flipped it and Marv was American, things might change a little bit for some people. But you don't think that way, but I do. Maybe man, there's always going to be a few. I think to say that no one believes that you're, you're yeah. being silly because you look at comments and they're like, send them back to France and all, you know, like yeah. whatever. I don't put much stock into that. I'll joke about it at times, but I, that's not a serious take for me. Um, I think that the caller is onto something. I've also said the same. You're never going to convince Eli that you didn't mean to do it. You're never going to convince the people that are already hating on you that you didn't mean to do it. You know deep down that you made a decision that it was worth it to try to make a move to win. So why even care? You're, you didn't get penalized. They know you went in and you made contact. You knocked them down. You won the race. Whatever. Like, yeah. You're, yeah. Whatever's coming to you is going to come to you. Yeah. You might as well just say, hey, man, I really wanted to win. Yep. And if it took going in there and hitting him, you know, I, I didn't really want to hit him as hard as I did. But that's what happened, and I won the race, and yeah, we'll see what happens next week. Because that's, <laughs> yeah. that's gonna—I think—that's gonna get you the most respect from everyone. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, all right, let's get a few more. Um... Chris, what's up? What, you want to talk about Chad Reed? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know um, if you guys said something about it earlier, but why did it take them so long to switch to the uh, Fedor edition? They, they weren't available. They weren't available for uh, for for the public. Okay, okay, okay. So, okay. Yeah, that, yeah, he went out and bought one from a dealership just like uh, you and I would. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. that was all. That was all my right. question. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, it, uh, it'd be interesting to see. I tried to text him this week about uh, about that bike and never got back to me. Uh, Jim, what's up? What's happening? You want to talk about earplugs? I want to go back on the uh, Marvin and the Eli. And, you know, the, the crash deal don't matter. I mean, this is racing motorcycles. This is not playing bridge or playing basket weaving. The crash was crash. But you ever notice that when Eli's in the pack racing around people, he seems to cut down and catch the edge of people and, you know, other riders and stuff like this? I've ridden with earplugs practicing, and it's kind of like you're in a zone. You're like you're in a vacuum all by yourself. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't race with them. And I sure don't like to, somebody that's faster me to, than me practicing coming up the inside because you cannot hear them. Do you think that could be his deal? What do you think, JT? I've never ridden with earplugs. I never thought about that. I never tried it. Um, the only person I've ever seen that, that did anything like that was Heath Voss. And he played music while he was riding, which was not supposed to be a part of the rules. <laughs> um, but I could definitely tell at times that he couldn't hear me because I, you know, he, he was he was better than me most of my career. I, I well, I, you know, I can uh, I can come to terms with that. Voss was my boss most of the time, but there were there were weekends when I was better than him, and when I would come up to pass him, he had no clue that I was there. Like I, I could. I could tell. Like I would come yeah, up yeah. and I would be like, "Man, you shouldn't be surprised that I'm putting a wheel here. You should be able to hear me." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the only experience. I never did it. Um, that's the only experience I've ever seen. Um, I just I listened to my bike way too much, and I that was how I judged RPM and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine. So, do you think it some of Eli's stuff is is that? I don't. Unless it's just completely blocking out your sound or interfering it. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, even with earplugs, you can still hear. Yeah. You know, yep. so uh, it would have to be completely blocked, you know, blocked off or a different sound in your head like headphones yep. would be to change that. Sure. Uh, hey, Jim, that's a, not a bad question. Do you want to fly resin toxic helmet for that? Oh, oh gosh, yeah. Yeah, well, you can get this helmet, bro. It's That's what we do for calling in. One more one more little piece about that. When he kept a couple of turns before that, he came in on Marvin. What did Marvin do? He stood up. And yeah. He didn't cut. Yeah. Marvin came in on him. It was just like he's in a vacuum. Uh, he was, I don't know. Was Eli was so rut. far in front he of was, him. He was in that rod. He had some. Eli was, Eli was too far in front, and that's that's part of what caused that whole scenario. Was Marvin was too far back. If if Marvin's right on his wheel, I don't think Eli ever commits to the inside like that. But when Marvin was so far back. I mean, he committed way more than he would have liked to, and that's why when Eli cut down, Marvin was going way too fast because of that commitment, and they hit mm-hmm. they hit way harder than Marvin ever planned on them hitting. That's for sure. Yeah, it was um, like the worst worst possible scenario for both of them. Thanks, Jim. Stay on hold, uh, Travis. Will get your information. All right. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. All right, JT. Thanks for your time. We got uh, a world champion on the other line. Gonna get to him. Well, yeah, he's won about every – I think 450 Supercross is the only one he never, he didn't get, right? Yeah, that's it. It's pretty incredible. It is. All right, thanks for your time, buddy. See you this weekend in Salt Lake. All right, guys. See you. Thank you. Flyracing.com, please check them out on the web. We thank those guys for giving away that helmet today. Maxis.com, MXST tire coming soon. Protaper.com, Jason Anderson. Geico Honda using ProTaper and uh, the Get team uh, of uh, this weekend. It's Justin Varsha and Josh Hill using Get. Uh, let's get to our next guest on the show. World champion, national champion, hero, Grant Langston. GL, what's up, man? How are you? What's happening, Mathis? How are you? Good. Thanks for your well. time today. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. We got a lot of calls for you. Uh, get your opinion on stuff. But look, this all this whole week, GL, was Marvin Marvin's pass on Eli in Foxborough. Uh, some of Marv's attitude after the race, the move itself, Eli's reaction. I got to get your take on it. What's 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 your opinion on all of that on that move? You know, obviously, like you said, it's been the, the talk of the week. Um, no matter where you go and look, it's the first thing that pops up. It seems like, and you know, I understand why people are talking about it as much as they are. It was a, uh, you know, it's for the win. It was extremely aggressive. Um, there's a lot of things that you can take from it. Um, the only thing that I that struck me 
as a little bit surprising was more so that uh, that people were more surprised, you know, more up in arms about this one. And maybe it was because it was for the main event win. You know, mm-hmm. we see I've seen that stuff happen in heat races, yeah. last chance qualifiers, and even in main events. So, you know, my thought all week was. Are we at that point in the sport where we need to have a, a roundtable meeting and get everyone involved, whether mm-hmm. it's you, me, truck drivers, you know, mechanics, riders, officials, flaggers, and sit down and go and, and have a look at maybe some footage and differentiate maybe what is deemed clean and legal and what is deemed dirty and, and possibly illegal or warranting a penalty or yeah. a or a time pen, you know, something like that. The, the line is so fine and it's become, that area has become a little bit gray, in my opinion, of what exactly is fair and what is unfair. Mm-hmm. And um, to me, I've, I've watched that that pass over and over, and I know they came up with some other angles, and <laughs> the other angles don't really change, yeah. you know, what we saw, which was it was an aggressive pass for the main event win. And I'm someone on the... I don't... I don't think... Um, I think if, it, if I was in that situation, I think I would have done the same thing. Yeah. And yeah. I understand Eli being upset. If I was Eli, I would have been upset to be taken out of the last lap. All you're looking at is, man, I, I yeah. came out of a corner and bam, there right, he was. So, right. You know, but then when you look at it, it's like, you know, my feeling is back in the day, the tracks were different, the bikes were different. I mean, on two strokes, the guys used to use a lot more insides. So if someone was, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, and that guys would use the insides to protect that from happening. Mm-hmm. Well, with four strokes, those days have sort of gone because you can't just stop and turn them. Plus, they're doing so much bigger jumps. They're having to use the berms. Now what you're having is in some of these stadiums, you're getting ruts, and guys are going above the rut for a while, and then eventually they cut lower, they cut lower, they cut lower. Now you've got yeah. guys exiting the corner, potentially where someone could be entering, yeah. you know, almost creating a head-on situation now because – Basically, the inside line is almost like pivoting around a pole mm-hmm. so that tight. So, you know, when I Eli cut down really low, you could tell he tried to um, get in and out of that corner really quick. And uh, I caught the tail end of your conversation. And JT, yes, maybe Marvin was a little too far back. But I think in the back of his mind, he's like, I've got to go for it. I think most yeah, racers yeah. would have pulled the trigger on that one. And um, And unfortunately, when you look at the outcome... I see both sides. I can see why people say, hey, that's good. That's just good hard racing for a main event win. You know, what are you yep. whining about? Yep. And I see people on the side going, well, you know, you can't just move somebody just because you want to win a race. I think. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, well, I, I, don't, I don't think you can penalize this because, like you said it perfectly, this happens in LCQs and heat races for the last spots and back in the pack in the main all the time. So then, yeah, and it comes back to, and sometimes people go, well, you know, that's okay if it's the last lap of the main event, but you shouldn't do that on the first lap. I'm going, well, <laughs> these rules are starting to become a little too complicated. Yeah, you know? yeah, right, right. Me, if you can do it on the opening lap in the second corner mm-hmm. of of a heat race, you sh- it should the same rule should apply on the last lap, last corner for a main event win. So right. where is that line being drawn? And And I personally think it's time for people to have that discussion of, hey, things have evolved. The rules that were invented, say in the you know fifties, sixties, maybe adjusted in the seventies, yeah. they need to be revisited as well. And maybe just tell guys what is what they deem to be legal and what they deem to be illegal. Maybe show some examples and have a little more clear cut understanding. Because even for fans, you know, I see people 
<laughs> and I've come to the conclusion. It's, I think the difference between them saying it was fair or unfair is if their guy gets taken out, <laughs> yeah, totally for sure. unfair. Right. That's false crap. Right. What the hell, right. man? Damn him for the season. Uh, but then if their guy takes out someone else, oh, bro, that was hard clean racing. <laughs> what, are you, what are you up in arms about, man? Yeah. Come on, Hey, we uh, had Pike on the show on Monday. Pike's like 100%. I do that same move for the win. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think I think you would find very few riders that would say, mm, "No, I don't think I would have done that." And even if they do say that, they're probably full of crap anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. No, it was great to uh, to talk about. Um, looks like Anderson's going to clinch his first 450 Supercross title this weekend. Um, he, he, look, he, he's been. He's been the third best guy the last month or so between between those two guys. But GL, you've been in this position before. Um, you got to think about that title, don't you? You've got to think yeah. about that. I think for him, he's won races before. He's been known as a fast, entertaining rider. And I said it before the season. It's not a question if Anderson has the speed to win a championship. Can he put the consistency together? And I think he's riding a very mature season. He came out swinging. He put the pressure on everyone else. Everyone else made mistakes. Mm-hmm. and gave him an even bigger lead. And I don't blame him. I mean, if you look at the pace, those guys are all going fast. But for Anderson, he can ride at 80 to 90% and still be on the podium, around the podium, which is fine. I mean, if I was him, I'd just be thinking championship, championship. It's, it's, it's you know, the big one that everyone yeah. wants to win. For him, this is going to be the highlight of his career. And as a racer, you never know if these days come around again. So for him, yeah. I think he's doing the very smart thing. And being the third best rider is good enough right now. Take it with a smile on your face and get that uh, get that title. Uh, look, Factory Yamaha is putting Josh Hill back on the bike for the last two, and we saw him race earlier. Were you busy, GL, or did they did you did you not did they were you next in line? Because it kind of came out of nowhere, you know. Uh, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, huh. And I know, and I and I know Josh has been doing a bit of riding, and he and he does stuff. You know, with with guys like Dirt Shark, you know the videos and all that. So I know that he's been on the bike a fair bit, but it did surprise me to go, "Hey, we're going to race this weekend." And um, but you know, for Josh, I thought it was nice to see him back out there. I think his career basically ended one of those things, not really on his own terms. It was more just injuries and and just timing and and, and other things that went along with it. So I think it was uh, one a surprise, but two. Um, maybe maybe the mud of the first time out wasn't a bad thing um, to help him out, just to slow the pace down a little bit. Because that's one thing I think a lot of riders will lose when you've been gone for a couple of years is just that race intensity. And you hear people say it, and you think you you're ready to go racing, and all of a sudden you get out there, and everything's coming at you just a little bit quicker than it did at the test track or at your yeah. private track. So um, that was probably a little bit of a help for him, but. Uh, yeah, you know, I thought a couple of things, and, and no disrespect to Josh, but I still thought, man, Yamaha reaching in the barrel now. Um, <laughs> I was I was wondering if Villapoto was going to line up anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. to say, hey, bro, we got you on payroll. We need you out there. Yeah. Put me in, coach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's get us some phone calls. We've got some outdoor questions, of course. GL, you're all signed up to do another year of the Lucas Oil <laughs> Motocross Championships yes. with Wygant? Yes. Yep. Yes, indeed. Uh, um, but I guess we got a new... Um, New lady in the pits. Yeah, uh, her yeah. name's Will. Haven't met her. Don't know much about her, but uh, hopefully she's uh, doing her motocross research right now. I think now. she did the Red Bull Straight Rhythm and some other things, so she's got a little bit of moto yeah. experience. So yeah, um, exactly. And, and GRC. Uh, let's uh, let's get some phone calls uh, for you. 
First up is Smiley. Uh, Smiley, what's up, man? How are you? You got a question about 250 outdoors? Yeah, what's going on, Steve? What's going on, Grant? By the way, Grant, always buy my bikes from uh, your your shop, so appreciate you having a shop out in our area. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. Oh, that's my cool. appreciate your business. Yeah, four bikes, so I'm going on my fifth. But uh, my question is actually with PC and their outdoor um, team. Uh, who do you think is going to do better, Joey or uh, AC for the 250 class? Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And, of course, Forkner might – I think Forkner might miss a couple rounds, GL. I don't know if you've heard anything more, but um, – I don't know. I I didn't hear too much on that, yep. um, but it does sound like it'll be out for a bit. And the problem now is, you know, when you look at it, if you get hurt later on in Supercross, it not only ruins your Supercross season, yeah. it also basically can potentially take you out of contention for any any title hope for outdoors. Yeah. But um, I think I think on the pro circuit team, we've seen in the past uh, few years. Um, it seems like on a certain day, maybe Joey has his day. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Savachi, it seems like um, when I watched him, obviously more so in outdoors, it seems like on his good days, he can be really good. But on his bad days, he sort of self-destructs with crashes and DNFs and no points yeah. instead of getting a, a fist or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think Savachi will have his days. Cincerello seems to me like I just keep waiting for him to have that breakthrough. And it's been like almost two years now where I'm like, oh, he's going to win this. He's going to win this one soon. Yeah. And he seems to be coming up just short. Um, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, uh, Osborne is doing 450 outdoors, right? No, Osborne is back down to 250s. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he, uh, he was supposed to do 450s, but he is scheduled. Yeah. He is back down. They added some years to his contract, GL. They threw him some money. You've been in that spot before. Yeah, there you go. Money talk. You <laughs> what if what if someone would come to you and say, "Hey, GL, don't move up to two fifties just yet. We want to keep you one twenty fives. Here's some cash." Yeah, that means like, well, I got a better odds of winning down here. I'll take the money and the odds. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So you uh, can't blame him. Yeah, no, you can't really. Uh, let's go to question about Blake Baggett. Travis, what's up? Uh, what's your question? Hey, man, this is for you or GL, but. Do you guys think that we're going to see the same Blake Baggett as we did early 17? Because coming off of Supercross, he's just a little bit quieter. Not as much going on with him. It doesn't seem like the second half of the season. I mean, he's just not really up in that top five consistently. Well, he's he's got a hand injury right now. He's battling a hand injury that might need surgery, might not, depending on who you talk to. So I don't know if he's kind of not riding during – he's not riding much during the week. He's trying to heal this thing up. So – I wonder, Travis, if that's going to affect him come outdoors, you know? Um, so is it back on the thumb again? No, it's not the thumb anymore. It's a hand. Okay. So well, that's a good piece of information, and that makes sense because when you Yeah, watch that's not really public PR there that he's got a hand injury. So. Uh, he's being pretty quiet about it, but, yeah, it's definitely affected him. So, I mean, GL for me, I, I said I was asking the team and the people around Blake, like, why don't you go get this fixed right now and come back for, for the outdoors 100%? Because it's been that long, it's been around Daytona, yeah. And and they were just like, no, he wants to keep riding Supercross, so so there it is. So, um, oh yeah. nice. Well, hey, lastly, um, I got something. Do you guys think an angry Tomac just dominates these next few rounds? Just you know, thirty second over second place finish kind of thing. What do you think, GL? Tomac dominate? Um, I, I I think he's just going to murder everybody. I think I think a place like Salt Lake where it gets a little rough and a little more outdoorsy, more like a Tomac type. Track. I could see him smashing everyone this weekend. Vegas, though, you can't. I feel like Vegas, you can't ride that like you're really like a 
like an angry rider because it'll it'll bite you, you know, with the whoops and the slickness. In fact, it's bitten him a few times already in the uh, not too distant past there. But um, yeah, I could see him winning this weekend. Vegas will be a different one. I think maybe for Anderson, the pressure will be off. Everyone's going to want to go out and finish on a strong note. Marvin rides those slick tracks quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say Tomac this weekend kind of has that angry revenge ride, but I think Vegas could be a different story. All right, there you go, man. Thanks, Travis. Hey, cool. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, let's go to Jeremy. Jeremy, what's happening? What's your question? Hey, how's hey, it going? I was curious on, because um, I remember way back when they uh, they actually used the guy named Ricky Dietrich on the factory team for a fill-in. Yeah. <laughs> yep. you, think, yes. you, you think they would do that um, for KTM team, like maybe Caleb Russell? What do you think, GL? I think. Tickles. I mean, I don't think that's that far fetched. I think someone like that outdoors, who's already got, the, you know, the riding skills, the ability, and probably rides a lot of motocross as well. Obviously, fitness is there. It would just be a matter of probably for him going out and working on just sprint laps. You know, getting that that intensity of motocross back because those guys ride longer. You know, longer motos and you know, a couple. Yeah, GL, you there? And he's out. Uh, you know what I like to see, um, Jeremy? What if they took Tickle's yeah. bike and then like did like a one guy per round? Like they just threw different guys. Like Russell was one weekend, and then they threw, you know, GL on there, and then they threw, you know, whoever. Just like go through and f- like, find the Josh Hill guys. You know, what if they yeah. put Tedesco on it for one weekend? I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. I highly yeah. doubt that's going to happen. But uh, yeah, I-, I thought yeah. it was a good. I mean. Uh- I know he, he's down there in Baker's factory doing all that. So, I mean, I was just curious. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, it's not a, not a bad idea. Uh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's uh, let's just tell GL. Don't worry about it. What? Oh, GL's there? All right. All right, GL, you're back. We, we lost you for a second. Um, you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was right. going to say, yeah, I could see, I could see uh, you know, one of the – off-road riders coming in with a yeah. TNCC or, or, or those extreme enduros. A lot of those guys, they're pretty fast either way. Sure, it'd be good publicity, right? Or what if they got Tedesco or UGL? What if they got you? Would you do a national? Uh, as much as that sounds very entertaining, my contract doesn't allow me to do that these days, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Hey, buddy, thank you for the time. I really appreciate it. I look forward to hearing you this summer. Uh, please check out, check out Langston Motorsports down there in uh, – where are you? Are you know, you're not Nelson anymore, right? You moved? No, no, no. It's, it's considered Paris. It used to Paris. be Sun City. Yeah. Sun City actually dissolved into Menifee and Paris. So okay. we're up to 215. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, check them out. Go down there uh, if you need a bike or accessory or whatever. And uh, and thanks for your time, GL. Always always appreciate it, man. Let's get you up for a Pulp Show sometime awesome. soon. Awesome. All right, buddy. Thanks again. Okay, we'll thank do. you. All right. Great Grant Langston, Marks. He didn't really give us any drops there. No. No, he needs a little bit of... But uh, it's noon. It's noon. So. Yeah. <laughs> Even that wouldn't surprise me, but... Um, liquid courage and get him going. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get... Uh, let's end this thing. Moto 60 Show, Fly Race and Moto 60 Show, presented by Maxis. Get Pro Taper. Thanks, everybody. Marks, uh, that's, you're out. You're you're back. Or you're out now. Mark Travis yeah. Tits is back. Yeah, I've had enough of this noon stuff. Yeah, that's it. Ridiculous. You, well, you gamed all night. Call of Duty till 4 a.m. <laughs> I got up at 11.20. I still made it on time. That's ridiculous. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. We'll be back next week with Tits Legendary and some Vegas talk. See ya. I was born in a-